good morning, good afternoon, good night, wherever you are, wherever you're listening. Today I'll be reading chapters 6 through 10 of the original story of Pinocchio. I also placed <laughs> placed my glasses on because I'd be reading without my glasses and then I'd be eye straining myself. Like my eyes be straining out of nowhere. And that's why I always be like stuttering and stuff like that. So now we begin. Chapter 6. Pinocchio falls asleep with his feet on a foot warmer and awakens the next day with his feet all burned off. Pinocchio hated the dark street. But he was so hungry that in spite of it, he ran out of the house. The night was pitch black. It thundered and bright flashes of lightning now and again shot across the sky, turning it into a sea of fire. An angry wind blew cold and raised dense clouds of dust, while the trees shook and moaned in a weird way. Pinocchio was greatly afraid of thunder and lightning. But the hunger he felt was far greater than his fear. In a dozen leaps and bounds, he came to the village, tired out, puffing like a whale with his tongue hanging. The whole village was dark and deserted. The stores were closed, the doors, the windows, and the streets. Not even a dog could be seen. It seemed the village of the dead. Pinocchio in desperation ran up to the doorway, threw himself upon the bell, pulled it wildly, saying to himself, someone will surely answer that. He was right. An old man in a nightcap opened the window and looked out. He called down angrily, what do you want at this hour of night? Will you be good enough to give me a bit of bread? I am hungry. Wait a minute and I'll come right back, answered the old fellow thinking he had to deal with one of those boys who love to roam around at night, ringing people's bells while they are peacefully asleep. After a minute or two, the same voice cried, Get under the window and hold out your hat. Pinocchio had no hat, but he managed to get under the window just in time to feel a shower of ice-cold water poured down on his poor wooden head, his shoulders, and over his whole body. He returned home as wet as a rag and tired out from weariness and hunger. And he no longer had any strength left with which which to stand. He sat down on a little stool, put his two feet on the stove to dry them. There he fell asleep. And while he slept, his wooden feet began to burn. Slowly, very slowly, they blackened and turned to ashes. Pinocchio snored away happily as if his feet were not his own. At dawn, he opened his eyes just as a loud knocking sounded at the door. Who is it? he called, yawning and rubbing his eyes. It is I, answered a voice. It was the voice of Geppetto. Chapter 7 Geppetto returns home and gives his own breakfast to the marinette. 
The poor marionette, who was still half asleep, had not yet found out that his two feet were burned and completely gone. As soon as he heard his father's voice, he jumped up from his seat to open the door. But as he did so, he staggered and fell headlong to the floor. To fall, in falling, he made as much noise as a sack of wood falling from the fifth story of a house. Open the door for me, Geppetto shouted from the street. Father, dear father, I can't answered the marinette in despair, crying and rolling on the floor. Why can't you? Because someone has eaten my feet. Who has eaten them? The cat, answered Pinocchio, seeing the little animal, but busily playing with some shavings in the corner of the room. Open, I say, repeated Geppetto or I'll give you a sound whipping when I get in. Father, believe me, I can't stand up. Oh dear, oh dear, I shall have to walk on my knees all my life. Geppetto, thinking that all these tears and cries were only other pranks of the marionette, climbed up the side of the house and went in through the window. At first, he was very angry, but on seeing Pinocchio stretched out on the floor and really without feet, he felt very sad and sorrowful. Picking him up from the floor, he fondled and caressed him, talking to him while the tears ran down his cheeks. My little Pinocchio, my dear little Pinocchio, how did you burn your feet? I don't know, father, but believe me, the night has been a terrible one, and I shall remember it as long as I live. The thunder was so noisy and the lightning so bright, and I was hungry. And then the talking cricket said to me, you deserve it. You are bad. And I said to him, Careful, Cricket. And he said to me, You are a marionette and you have a wooden head. And I threw the hammer at him and killed him. It was his own fault, for I didn't want to kill him. And I put the pan on the coals. But the chick flew away and said, I'll see you again. Remember me to the family. And my hunger grew, and I went out, and the old man with the nightcap looked out of, my, of the window and threw water on me. And I came home and put my feet on the stove to dry them because I was still hungry, and I fell asleep, and now my feet are gone, but my hunger isn't. Oh, oh, oh. And poor Pinocchio began to scream and cry so loudly that he could be heard for miles around. Geppetto, who had understood nothing of all that jumbled talk, except that the marionette was hungry, felt sorry for him, and pulling three pears out of his pocket, offered them to him, saying, These three pears were for my breakfast. I give them to you gladly. Eat them and stop weeping. If you want me to eat them, please peel them for me. Peel them? asked Geppetto very much surprised. I should never have thought, dear boy of mine, that you were so dainty and fuzzy about your food. Bad, very bad. In this world, even as children, we must accustom ourselves to eat of everything. 
for we never know what life may hold in store for us. You may be right, answered Pinocchio, but I will not eat the pears if they are not peeled. I don't like them. And good old Geppetto took out a knife and peeled the three pears and put the skins in a row on the table. Pinocchio ate one pear in a twinkling and started to throw the core away, but Geppetto held his arm. Oh no, don't throw it away. Everything in this world may be of some use. But the core I will not eat, cried Pinocchio in an angry tone. Who knows, repeated Geppetto calmly. And later the three cores were placed on the table next to the skins. Pinocchio had eaten the three pears, or rather devoured them devoured them. Then he yawned deeply and wailed. I'm still hungry, but I have no more to give you. Really? Nothing. Nothing? I have only these three cores and these skins. Very well then, said Pinocchio. If there's nothing else, I'll eat them. At first he made a wry face. But one after another, the skins and the cores disappeared. Ah, now I feel fine, he said after eating the last one. You see, observed, observed Geppetto, that I was right when I told you that one must not be too fuzzy and too dainty about food, my dear. We never know what life may have in store for us. Chapter 8 Geppetto makes Pinocchio a new pair of feet and sells his coat to buy him an ABC book. The Marinette, as soon as his hunger was appeased, started to grumble and cry that he wanted a new pair of feet. But Mastro Geppetto, in order to punish him for his mischief, led him alone the whole morning. After dinner, he said to him, Why should I make your feet over again to see you run away from home once more? I promise you, answered the marinette, sobbing, that from now on, I'll be good. Boys always promise that when they want something said Geppetto. I promise to go to school every day to study and to succeed. Boys always sing that song when they want their own will. But I am not like other boys. I am better than all of them and I always tell the truth. I promise you, Father, that I'll learn a trade and I'll be the comfort and staff of your old age. Geppetto Though trying to look very stern, felt his eyes fill with tears and his heart softened when he saw Pinocchio so unhappy. He said no more, but taking his tools and his two pieces of wood, he set to work diligently. In less than an hour, the feet were finished, two slender, nimble little feet, strong and quick, modeled as if by an artist's hands. Close your eyes and sleep, Geppetto then said to the marinette. 
Pinocchio closed his eyes and pretended to be asleep. While Geppetto stuck on the two feet with a bit of glue melted in an eggshell, doing his work so well that the joint could hardly be seen. As soon as the marionette felt his new feet, he gave one leap from the table and started to skip and jump around, as if he had lost his head from very joy. To show you how grateful I am to you, Father, I'll go to school now, but to go to school, I need a new suit of clothes. Geppetto did not have a penny in his pocket, so he made his son a little suit of flowered paper, a pair of shoes from the bark of a tree, and a tiny cap from a bit of dough. Pinocchio ran to look at himself in a bowl of water, and he felt so happy that he said proudly, Now I look like a gentleman. Truly, answered Geppetto. But remember that fine clothes do not make the man unless they be neat and clean. Very true. But in order to go to school, I still need something very important. What is it? An ABC book. To be sure. But how shall we get it? That's easy. We'll go to a bookstore and buy it. And the money? I have none. Neither have I, said the old man sadly. Pinocchio, although a happy boy, always, became sad and downcast at these words. When poverty shows itself, even mischievous boys understand what it means. What does it matter after all, cried Geppetto all at once. And he jumped up from his chair, putting on his old coat. Full of darns and patches, he ran out of the house without another word. After a while, he returned. In his hands, he had the ABC book for his son, but the old coat was gone. The poor fellow was in, the shirt, in his shirt sleeves, and the day was cold. Where's your coat, father? I have sold it. Why did you sell your coat? It was too warm. Pinocchio understood the answer in a twinkling, and unable to restrain his tears, he jumped on his father's neck and kissed him over and over. Chapter 9 Pinocchio sells his ABC book to pay his way into the marionette theater. See, Pinocchio hurrying off to school with his new ABC book, under his arm as he walked along his brain was busy planning hundreds of wonderful things building hundreds of castles in the air talking to himself he said in school today i'll learn to read tomorrow to write and the day after tomorrow i'll do arithmetic arithmetic i'm sorry i said the word wrong sorry then, clever as I am, I can earn a lot of money. With the very first pennies I make, I'll buy father a new cloth cloak. Cloth, did I say? No, it shall be of gold and silver with diamond buttons. That poor man certainly deserves it. For after all, isn't he in his shirt sleeves because he was too good enough to buy a book for me on this cold day too. Fathers are indeed good to their children. As he talked to himself, he thought he heard sounds of pipes and drums coming from a distance. 
He stopped to listen. Those sounds came from a little street that led to a small village along the shore. What can that noise be? What a nuisance that I have to go to school. Otherwise... Then he stopped, very much puzzled. He felt he had to make up his mind for either one thing or another. Should he go to school or should he follow the pipes? Today I'll follow the pipes and tomorrow I'll go to school. There's always plenty of time to go to school, decided the little rascal at last, shrugging his shoulders. No sooner said than done, he started down the street going going like the wind. I'm so sorry if you hear barking. But it's because a dog is barking on the outside. The outside of my room. So, yeah. It's not Ruby this time. It's another dog. Oh, he ran, and louder grew the sounds of pipe and drum. P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P. Zum-zum, zum-zum. Suddenly, he found himself in a large square, full of people standing in front of a little wooden building painting in brilliant colors. What is that house? Pinocchio asked a little boy near him. Read the sign and you'll know. I'd like to read. But somehow I can't today. Oh, really? Then I'll read it to you. Know then that written in letters of fire, I see the word Great Marinette Theater. When did the show start? It is starting now. And how much does one pay to get in? Four pennies. Pinocchio was wild with curiosity. To know what was going on inside, lost all his pride and said to the boy shamelessly, Will you give me four pennies until tomorrow? I'd give them to you gladly, answered the other, poking fun at him. But just, but just now I can't give them to you. For the price of four pennies, I'll sell you my coat. If it rains, what shall I do with the coat of flowered paper? I could not take it off again. Do you want to buy my shoes? They are only good enough to light a fire with. What about my hat? Fine bargain indeed. A cap of dough? The mice might come and eat it from my head. Pinocchio was almost in tears and was just about to make one last offer, but he lacked the courage to do so. He hesitated and wondered. He could not make up his mind, and at last he said... Will you give me four pennies for the book? I am a boy and I buy nothing from boys, said the little fellow with far more common sense than the marinette. I'll give you four pennies for your ABC book, said a rag picker who stood by. Then and there the book changed hands and to think that poor old Geppetto sat at home in his shirt sleeve shivering with cold having sold his coat to buy that little book for his son
Chapter 10 The Marinettes recognized their brother Pinocchio and greet him with loud cheers, but the director, Fire Eater, happens along a poor Pinocchio almost loses his life. Quick as a flash, Pinocchio disappeared into the marinette theater, and then something happened which almost caused a riot. The curtain was up and the performance had started. Harlequin and Pulcinella were reciting on the stage and, as usual, they were threatening each other with sticks and blows. The theater was full of people enjoying the spectacle and laughing. So they cried at the antiques of the two marinettes. The play continued for a few minutes and then suddenly, without any warning, Harlequin stopped talking, turning toward the audience he pointed to the rear of the orchestra, yelling wildly at the same time, Look, look, am I asleep or awake, or do I really see Pinocchio there? Yes, yes, it is Pinocchio, screamed Pulcinella. It is, it is, shrieked Signorina Rosaura, peeking in from the side of the stage. It is Pinocchio! It is Pinocchio, yelled all the marinettes, pouring out of the wings. It is Pinocchio. It is our brother Pinocchio. Hurrah, hurrah from Pinocchio. Pinocchio, come up to me, shouted Harlequin. Come to the arms of your wooden brothers. At such a loving invitation, Pinocchio, with one leap from the back of the orchestra, found himself in the front rows. With another leap, he was on the orchestra leader's head. With the third, he landed on the stage. It is impossible to describe the shrieks of joy, the warm embraces, the knocks, and the friendly greetings with which that strange company of dramatic actors and actresses received Pinocchio. It was a heart-rending spectacle, but the audience, seeing that the play had stopped, became angry and began to yell the play the play we want the play the yelling was of no use for the marinettes instead of going on with their set made twice as much racket as before and lifting up pinocchio on their shoulders carried him around the stage in triumph at that very moment the director came out of his room and he had such a fearful appearance that one look at him would fill you with horror. His beard was as black as pitch and so long that it reached from his chin down to his feet. His mouth was as wide as an oven, his teeth like yellow fangs, and his eyes two glowing red coals. In his huge hairy hands, a long whip made of green snakes and black cat's tails, twisted together, swished through the air in a dangerous way. At the unexpected apparition, no one dared even to breathe. One could almost hear a fly go by. Those poor marinants, one and all, trembled like leaves in a storm. Why have you brought such excitement into my theater? The huge fellow asked Pinocchio with the voice of an ogre. 
suffering with the cold. Believe me, your honor, the fault was not mine. Enough. Be quiet. I'll take care of you later. As soon as the play was over, the director went to the kitchen where a fine big lamb was slowly turning on the spit. More wood was needed to finish cooking it. He called Harlequin and Pulcinella and said to them, Bring that marinette to me. He looks as if he were made of well-seasoned wood. He'll make a fine fire for the spit. Harlequin and Pulcinella hesitated a bit. Then, frightened by a look from their master, they left the kitchen to obey him. A few minutes later, they returned carrying poor Pinocchio, who was wriggling and squirming, squirming like an eel and crying pitifully. Father, save me. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. And that is the ending of the five chapters. I hope you like it. And yeah, it was kind of really freaky. The director is such a bitch. That is no lie there. But yes. Tomorrow or June 15th, I might post part three. This is the part two of it. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.